show me wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Hey, wax on, hat. Wax off, hat. Concentrate. Look at my eye. Like a hand. Thumb inside. Get! Get! Ladies and gentlemen, Get! this Look, is I the main event of the evening. Welcome in. It is RJ Bell's Dream Preview UFC Edition, UFC 297. Just a two-man crew this week. I'm AJ Hoffman, joined as I always am joined by Sleepy J. Sleepy, how you doing, brother? I'm roughing out the uh, the polar vortex this week. It's it's freezing in the north. It's apparently like a, an icebox everywhere in the country except Vegas, you know, I, I, but I, I feel bad for you guys. It's uh, it sounds terrible. It looks terrible, but uh, I wore shorts yesterday. So, um, oh, nice. you know, sometimes, sometimes it'd be like that. Uh, no, it is. It's wild weather everywhere. And I'm, I'm guessing the weather at in Toronto is, is pretty wild where they're having these fights. Uh, and I'll tell you what, man, cutting weight when it's super cold, not fun. So uh, good luck to all these guys who are cutting weight for uh, for this weekend. But uh, it's been a while. It's been a while since we had a UFC event, a, a pay-per-view anyway. it's I mean, last week was the first UFC event period in about, um, it felt like a month. I guess it wasn't quite that, but it felt that way, certainly. Uh, and the last week's card had a ton of very, very wide numbers. Like there, there weren't a lot of... Uh, you know, pick them fights. They were, it was either, it was, it was smash spots basically this week, a little different, a lot of, uh, closely lined fights. Uh, and it, I, I think it's going to be, it, there's some intrigue to this one. The biggest favorite on the entire card is minus 400. So that's, uh, you know, most, most of the fights are, you know, in the minus 180 to, to minus 105 range. So there, there's some, some really intriguing fights, uh, we are going to cover the two title fights at the top and we are going to give our best bets for the rest of the card. Like we always do. Let's start with the main event and we've got the title on the line. Drickus Duplessis. I, I don't want to say he talked himself into a title fight. Uh, he talks a lot and but I, I mean he's and he has earned this shot at the middleweight title um by his performance six and0 in the UFC 20 and two overall and he takes on the new champion defending for the first time Sean Strickland uh, who is 15 and five uh since joining the UFC 28 and five overall this is not a, a middleweight title fight we expected to see this this year so uh it's it's wild that, that we're here but sean strickland pulled off one of the bigger upsets of the year last last year and um you know he, he this time a year ago he was on a, a losing streak and now he is the champion so let's get into this matchup and it, talk about how real of a champion sean strickland is uh i'm curious your thoughts on it it feels like he is such a he's he's flawed in a lot of ways and a lot of it I think is post accident when he had that motorcycle accident 
he used to be a wrestler. He, like he used to have wrestling in his game. I don't think he has wrestling in his game anymore. Like he has not like that, that same accident that made him move from 170 to 185, I think took away his ability to wrestle effectively. And he's turned into like a, basically a no power volume pressure striker. And it's worked in spurts. The problem is he's like, he's not super quick and he stands really upright. So he's got to have like perfect head movement or he's going to get knocked out a la the, the Alex Pereira fight. And he doesn't really have much in the way of power to knock you out, uh, knock his opponent out, not you sleepy, but uh, whereas Duplessis is a, a really well-rounded dude. He is like, he's a a powerful striker. He looks like a powerful striker. He's like a, a tank, but he has built a really nice submission game. Um, the problem I have with him is it sure does look like he plays with fire a lot. And, um, like Darren Till had him, you know, had him on the ropes in a way. Um, that worries me. Uh, if Derek Brunson doesn't get tired out, what happens with in, in that fight? So, Duplessis is a a really great athlete who is good at submissions and not really technically sound. He's he's another bad defensive fighter. Um, does that cost him in a twenty five minute fight? That's the big question. I tend to think that Duplessis gets something done here. I I, I think he jumps on him. I think he uh he lands a couple of big shots he, Strickland stumbles back or, and you know uh, the ref jumps in and saves him but I think the power of Duplessis is the the big difference to me here uh if Strickland had any if he had the kind of power that I feel like could knock Duplessis off his track it'd be one thing but I don't know that he does and this is a, a a fight between two really flawed guys, and I don't think either one of these guys is long for the title just because the holes in their game are both gaping, in my opinion. But I think Drickus right now is a little closer to complete. So uh, I, I'll go with Drickus Duplessis, and I'm going to say uh, he gets a finish round three, I'll say. What do you What do you see in this fight? All right, I like that one. I have him to go ahead and win this one by KO at plus 220. I found that one on FanDuel. I think this this entire division is interesting because Izzy was already lapping this entire division. It was yeah. like he was working his way back around the second time. And I felt like the UFC was kind of put in a predicament where they needed to go ahead and find some fresh blood. And I think Strickland, his his resume doesn't really support even being in a, in a title fight. So, yeah, all right, he, he fights Izzy. And I think when you look at that fight, it looked like Izzy was intimidated by his power. I think Strickland threw, you know, maybe like one or two punches and Izzy was like, okay, this dude's got real power. I need to go ahead and and try to keep my range. And I think that that was exactly what Strickland wanted him to do. Like that fed right into what Strickland can actually do well. It's not going to work here with Duplessis. I think Duplessis really looks to charge forward, use his, use his power to, uh, to his advantage. So I could see Strickland getting knocked out in this one. 
you know, it's funny, like you were talking in the beginning there, like, I think the, the worst thing for Strickland is probably like post fight interview. Like this dude is literally like a train wreck waiting to happen for the UFC. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, but his interviews, um, you know, that they, they really go into that gray area where he's going to end up saying something or doing something stupid. I could see him, you know, going after. Someone. You could say that about both these guys. <laughs> That's true. I think Duplessis, he just likes to annoy people. And I don't think it's an act. Like, I think he's a, like, he's an actual, like, he's a real life prick, uh, which, I mean, it's fine. There's a lot of those guys, but I, I don't think it's like he's putting on some kind of show, like, uh, like Colby Covington. I, I think this is what he is. He's just a, he's an, a kind of an unlikable person. But I, Sean Strickland has a lot of those qualities as well. I mean, Sean Strickland's admittedly like a former, uh, like, a, an active, racist like he was in a, a race hating group so I, like neither one of these guys are exactly like the guys that the UFC wants to hold up and say this is our champion it doesn't uh, you know it, neither one is a guy that's a, a lot of uh is going to make a lot of fans just on their personality well I think the UFC would would rather have Duplessis be the title holder because like we were just talking about with Izzy he was basically lapping the entire division but he didn't face Duplessis and I think that that's the fight that they were ultimately trying to set up so if Duplessis wins here I guess my question to you is do you think Izzy gets back in there to 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 regain his title at some point here I mean I it's funny because I I my initial thought is yes but if they wanted that they would have already had it like there was all the reason in the world to put uh, Adesanya against Duplessis when he fought Sean Strickland. They could have just waited a little while and made that fight happen. They decided to push it through, and we saw the results. I I will say this, though. I mean, Adesanya's now lost two of his last three. And it's, to me, it like you can't get... He got his immediate rematch against Pereira, and he won, which is awesome. And I think when you when you've got a champion who's been a champion for a long long time like he had that's the way it should be the the champion should be able to if you're a dominant dominant champion and like you said he'd lapped the field like this is a guy who uh beat Vittori uh Gastelum Whitaker Romero Paulo Costa Vittori and Whitaker again um Anderson Silva he beat Derek Brunson all these guys Cannoneer you deserve that immediate rematch he got it but then when you lose again I don't know that you like in your first fight after regaining the title, I don't think you get that immediate rematch. So he's gonna have to fight somebody, I think Adesanya is to 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 get that shot again. And remember Adesanya, last we heard first of all, he's 34 years old, and last we heard, he's taking time away from MMA. I don't know what that means. I don't know how long that means, but when you're 34 and you say, Oh, I'm stepping away for a year or two, like it's unlikely you're gonna come back a whole lot better. I get it would be my guess. And and they're certainly not going to throw him straight into a title fight when he comes back like that. So um, I, I think that the UFC would love a match like that, especially if they want to get into, into South Africa, if they want to make a, a, a big fight card in South Africa, that's the way to do it. But I, I don't know that, I don't know that Adesanya is going to cooperate. I guess my thought with that is that the UFC in, in a way, it kind of felt to me like they were gambling on, Adesanya going ahead, taking down Strickland, and they were going to be able to book that South African venue. That's probably true. That's the yeah. way that I felt about it. So, um, and and maybe Izzy taking some time away 
can kind of boost up the fact, all right, he lost. Maybe people will forget about that a little bit, and then they can go ahead and, and they can set this fight up if Duplessis actually wins this one. So, I don't know, that's just the way that I was thinking about it, like, you know, down the road a little bit. But I'll take Duplessis to go and win this one by KO. Uh, I don't think Strickland is going to be much on the feet in this one. I don't think they, they, they certainly think if this gets down to the mat, um, that that's going to be a troublesome area for him because I think Duplessis actually has a little bit of a decent ground game. Um, he does have some submissions to his record. So, I don't know. I disagree with the odds here. I actually thought Duplessis would be a slight favorite. Uh, maybe the odds would be flipped here. So, I'll take him. I don't know. I just see Strickland kind of just being a shell of himself in this one. Um, maybe just, I don't know, but like a lot of rope-a-dope from him, and I just don't think that that's going to work from him at all. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily either. And now, listen, Duplessis very hittable, and he's probably going to eat some shots here. But again, I don't think Sean Strickland's got enough juice to to put him away. Uh, I, he almost put away Izzy, which is crazy to think about. But late in the first round, when he dropped him, it was like, man, I I didn't see that coming. But I also think Adesanya didn't really take Sean Strickland seriously. He didn't look at him as a threat, and it's almost like when. Uh, when Anderson Silva got dropped by Chris Weidman, like it was an overconfidence thing and he got punished for it. But I, I don't think Drickus does that. I think he's locked in. I think he's focused. I'm like you. I thought when the odds came out, we were going to see uh, Drickus as a slight favorite. I'm I'm not going to, I'm not going to look at the inside the distance prop, even though I do think he finishes. I, I'm, I, I just think because I've got a dog price here, I'm just going to go with that. And I'm going to take Drickus at plus one Oh five uh, to win. All right, let's move on to the co-main event, which I talked about unlikely title fights in the middleweight title fight. Uh, I, I would say that this is also going to fall into the category of un, unlikely title fight with Myra Bueno Silva and Raquel Pennington uh, fighting for a, a bantamweight title after Amanda Nunez retires. So obviously there's not a champion here. This is a, 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 a vacant belt, but this is, I, I don't think of Raquel Pennington as like a, a championship level fighter, but it's hard to argue that she's not deserving. She's won five in a row. And when you start looking at the wins, it's like, it's all the names that you would try to put ahead of her. It's it's Macy Chazon. It's Ketlin Vieira. And she's beat those guys. She beat Aspen Ladd. It, it, I guess it kind of is. It makes sense. I, I didn't see this coming in her career. Uh, I thought that when she got smashed by Amanda Nunes, that that was pretty much the end of her as a competitive fighter. Um you know, she's, she's dropped now two decisions to Holly Holm. Since she lost a second Holly Holm fight, she hasn't lost. Five straight wins for Raquel Pennington. So it, I guess I just have to admit that she's better than I thought she was. Whereas Myra Bueno Silva is 10-2. and two, And she should be on a four-fight win streak. Uh, her last fight is a no contest. She got overturned for PEDs, which if I'm not mistaken was Ritalin. So I, I don't know, but that was a fight against Holly Holm where as I, I, I watched it and I was like, I mean, Holly Holm was just 
was dominating. It, it looked like she like she was going to be in real trouble, but then Holly Holm does makes a dumb mistake and got finished. Like got got like basically dove into a guillotine. I don't want to discredit that win. I mean, it's it's a good win. Holly Holm is is tough to beat, and like when you, it's a who's who of like when you look at Holly Holm's record, uh, there's a, a you know it's not like it's without losses. She's got she's got six losses in her career, well seven if you count this one, but it's most of it most of those losses come to names where you go, yeah, that that chick's she's she's a beast. It's Misha Tate, Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, Chris Cyborg, Jermaine Durandamy, Amanda Nunes. It, none of those are like shocking losses. So it, it's it, to beat her is is a big deal. I but I just feel like man, Holly Holm was forty two years old when that happened. Forty one years old when that happened, and I don't know how much it says about Bueno Silva as much as it. I think it says something about Holly Holm, who I just like I said, just made a really bonehead mistake. Uh, her other wins uh, on this this run are Lena Landsberg, Stephanie Egger, and Yanan Wu, who I think are all kind of I don't want to say bad fighters, but uh, I mean when she fought Lena Landsberg, Lena Landsberg was on a three fight losing streak, so that and that was her last fight before the Holly Holm fight. So now you know Lena Landsberg, I, I don't think she's even on the UFC roster anymore. Um, when she fought uh, Stephanie Egger, Stephanie Egger was she looked like a decent enough opponent at the time, and it, it felt like a, a a decent matchup there. But since then, she's lost two out of three, and now it's starting. to – I'm like, is that is that win really impressive? So I question the resume of Bueno Silva a little bit, and I, I won't even mention Yanan Wu, who's like one of the worst fighters in. I don't think she's in the UFC anymore, but she was one in five when she was there. She was an, an absolute disaster. So that that win is like you can't take anything from that. So I don't know that Myra Bueno Silva. Like you see the ten and two, you see that you know she's you know she she hasn't she hasn't lost, you know, going back to 2021, four straight fights. I I'll say she won four straight fights, even though that one is a no contest against home. I question how real it is. And I, I'm going to say I can, I can see Pennington winning this fight and it's, it's not fun because when Raquel Pennington wins, it's not fun. Raquel Pennington is plus 135, Bueno Silva minus 155. I think what I'm going to do is, because I think this fight is competitive, and because Raquel Pennington, the the way she wins fights is to make them ugly and grimy, and uh, she's a great defensive fighter, I'm going to say this goes over four and a half rounds. So my official play on this will be over four and a half rounds at minus 130. But I think Raquel Pennington's a very live dog at plus one thirty-five. What, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, a lot of what you said, I I agree with, and I thought a lot of the the same stuff there. I think for Bueno Silva, I don't want to say this is like a step up in class type of fight for her, but where do you put Holly Holm right now? And I think Pennington has proved, you know, over over all these years that that she's probably, you know, at least at the top of the food chain. 
but the only thing that worries me about Pennington is like which one are we going to get in this particular fight? That worries me. But she's been on on an impressive streak here, so I think we'll probably get the best version of her. My line on this one would be like a pickle. So if I were really forced to go ahead and play anybody, I would probably take Pennington. It feels to me like this is just one of those step up in class type of fights for both fighter here. I don't know if you would agree with that, but I kind of I kind of feel that way. I was just thrown at this one because I don't know who can win because I don't think either of these ladies are, are a slouch by any means. And it's more of like the odds are, are scaring me away from actually making a bet. Like I, there's no way I could take minus 160. And then I wonder how Silva is legitimately favored in this fight. So then it kind of scares me a little bit from Pennington. I would take Pennington plus the 135. That would be what I would do. But overall, I'm probably just going to end up passing this one because I could see both of these girls actually winning. But if my money was down on the table, it would be Pennington for me. What do you think about that? That I guess if you think Pennington has a chance to win, you kind of agree with my over. like Because it's hard to picture her finishing uh, Buena Silva, right? Yeah, and I think Silva's durable. Like we saw that in the home fight too. Like had she yeah. not ended up getting the choke there, that that probably goes the distance too. So, yeah, I would like that one. Not not saying that that I wouldn't play that, but that would probably be like second on my list. Had I you know redone the handicap, that I probably would have eventually fell onto that particular wager as well. I would guess. All right, before we get to best bets, Sleepy, tell the people how they can save some money at pregame.com. All right, so go to pregame.com. Make sure you guys go ahead and, and look to go ahead and grab AJ's 90-day all-access UFC. You guys could save $50 on that. Simply enter code FIGHT50. That's $50 off uh, AJ Hoffman's 90-day UFC package. I will say this, AJ. If there is ever a time to go ahead and pick up your 90-day, it's got to be right now. I don't know if you guys have seen the upcoming UFC cards, but, I mean... Uh, Outside of being simply amazing, like this is going to be the one of the best runs I think that the UFC has probably had going into 298, 99, and 300. It's just if there's a time where you want to be watching UFC and betting it and following professional advice, this has to be the time. And I think AJ would probably agree. Yeah, that 90 days, because it's January 18th and UFC 300 set for April 13th, that falls in the 90-day window. So uh, you will get UFC 297, 298, 299, and 300, as well as every card in between. And I even throw out some uh, some boxing stuff every once in a while on my UFC packages. So, uh, yeah, it's, it is – you're right. This is a great time for, for MMA right now. Absolutely. And this has got to be a time where you, where you look to invest in AJ. What are you up, AJ? I think like 75 units or something like that. In, in all sports, yeah, it's been a uh, it's been a, a pretty phenomenal run over the the last ninety days. I'm up eighty units over the last ninety days, so uh, it's it, it's been nice. But uh, it, just going back to last year in the UFC, we, we were uh, we, we finished up uh, thirteen and a half units, so a good a good uh, UFC year, and I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to the next one. Well, one of the good things about being up all those units is that it gives you confidence. And I know the one sport that you're super confident in is the UFC. So go over to pregame.com, enter that code FIGHT50, save $50 off AJ's 90-day all-access. And uh, I think you're going to get some confident picks and you're going to come out ahead. All right. Uh, I'll go first on my best bet. 
because mine is on uh, an early prelim and yours is on a much more interesting fight. So I will save the best for last. But I'm going to go with Jasmine Jazdavicius by decision at minus 110. She's winning this fight. Jasmine Jazdavicius is going to win this fight. She is the biggest favorite on the card for a reason. She is bigger, stronger. She's a better grappler. And she has proven to be able to beat fighters that aren't absolute bottom feeders of the flyweight division. The question is, does she get a finish on Cachoeira? The last seven Jazdavicius fights have all gone the distance. She has never not gone to decision since since she's been in the UFC. Now, Cachoeira has only seen the scorecards in three of her nine UFC fights, but she's either fought tomato cans that she was able to walk through, or she fought girls like Miranda Maverick, Jillian Robertson, Valentina Shevchenko, who are all very natural and capable finishers. Jezda Vicious is going to, she's going to eat some offense. The takedowns are going to come though. Uh, she is all about position. She doesn't want to give up control. She got to the game. She got to fighting at a, a, a later age where she, she just hasn't developed a natural finishing instinct, which is fine. It works, especially for, for smaller women weights. It works. And it's, I, I just expect her to cruise to a lopsided decision here. I think she's the much better fighter. I, I don't know that Priscilla Cachoeira belongs in the UFC, to be honest. I, if her record says she does. I just don't know if she does. Uh, I, I think the other thing you've got working for you here is Jasmine is one of many Canadians on the card. And th- these Canadian fans are going to pop for their people. And you're the, the, if you're a judge, and I know judges are supposed to be unbiased to these types of things, but you're going to hear all that noise and the the oohs and ahs when when Jasmine does something good is going to outweigh uh, everything else. And I, I think in, in when they do events in foreign countries, and you tell me the the native of that country is minus one ten, and her opponent is minus one ten on decision. I'm going to take the the native because generally they those people tend to get the nods and the, I mean the judges don't want a, a long night of getting booed and talked about so uh, I think that's just a little feather in our cap so give me Jasmine Jazdavicius by decision minus one ten for my best bet. All right, I have no thoughts on that fight, and I think that this this goes back to what we were just talking about is that AJ is going to give you guys the winners and I'm going to give you guys the fun bet. So he went to a fight that. <laughs> Uh, even a fighter, and, and I got to be honest, I, I've never heard of that fighter before. I've, I've actually never seen her fight before. But you're not missing um, much. It's all right. Yeah. So I, I think I think you're going to get a winner there. All right. Where are you going with your best bet sleep? Uh, I'm going to go to a fight here. I'm going to go to Arnold Allen Molsar Evloev. Um, you want to know my first thought on this one, AJ? Is it one? There are very little things that I dislike about the UFC, but. As I go on here and, and I'm handicapping, I'm looking, I'm just like, dude, these guys are so chiseled. And then I look at a guy like Aljamain, and it just makes me feel like crap. So when I'm going through here and I'm looking at all these fighters, I'm just like, man, I really wish that, that I could be as chiseled as some of these guys. Because these two dudes. Yeah, they work out. Um, yeah. <laughs> they look pretty good and, and, and they certainly work out. Uh, but anyway, getting getting back on track here. My best bet. I'm going to go to, I'm going to play this fight to not go the distance at plus 260. I think this fight's going to be good. I think this fight potentially could be great. Uh, Maybe one of the more exciting fights of the night, maybe fight of the night, actually. Uh, I think Allen had his streak halted by Max Holloway 
in the last fight. And I think a lot of that was due to, like, Allen really likes to push the pace, and, and Holloway was able to go ahead and kind of keep him away, keep him off him. I don't think Ivloyev is a guy that you you kind of wanted to let get comfortable here. And I think that Arnold Allen's going to look to go ahead and, and use his power because I thought that maybe that's what he would be able to use against Max. So I think Allen will use a lot of his pace, a lot of his pressure. I don't think he's actually all that bad on the ground. Uh, I know that that's not a path for victory for him, even though Ivloyev has had every fight in the UFC go to the judges. He does kind of have some sneaky power. I think he, maybe he can catch you with the punch, maybe catch you with a kick. I kind of think that both of these guys come into this one maybe a little bit aggressive. I wouldn't rule out a submission happening either. Uh, I don't see either of these guys kind of fighting this one close to the vest because I think that there is going to be a much bigger fight on the horizon for both of these guys. So I just, I don't know, I, I think Allen at plus 160 actually has some value to him. But I am afraid to bet him because I think Ivloyev is game. And I think his ground game is, is very, very good. So it, it's tough for me to go ahead and pick a side. But for some for some reason, I just don't think this goes the distance. And I think that if it if I feel like it's not going the distance, that Allen probably ends up getting a win here. But um, that, that's just kind of where I'm at with this one. But I, I think this one actually doesn't make it to the judges, which may surprise some people. So I'll take that at plus 260. That is a big number, man, and and for good reason. Like you said, uh, Evloev's never been to – I mean, he hasn't not been to decision since he's been in the UFC. Uh, I I'm I think I'm kind of with you, though. I, I think I'm going to approach it a little differently. I, I, I'm going to look at Arnold Allen to win uh, as a dog, but I do think if your bet wins, my bet wins because I, I don't see as many paths for Evloev to finish – uh, Allen, I think, has plenty of paths to finish. I, I, I mean, I, I doubt he submits Evloev, uh, but I do think that he could pound him out. And Evloev's played with fire in a few fights. He's a really, really good wrestler. The difference between him and Arnold Allen, though, is like he's not uh, Evloev's not very big. Like he's a he's wrestler strong, but he's not like um, he's not muscle strong. He's not like a, a big, big guy. I mean, they're featherweights, so they're not huge to begin with Arnold Allen is going is strong like he is a big strong dude for this weight class and Evloev is probably going to take him down at some point but I think Arnold Allen's strong enough to get up and you mentioned losing to Max Holloway which listen losing to Max Holloway if that's like if that throws you off your trajectory I, I don't know what to tell you because I'm going to read you a list of the guys who have beat Max Holloway in the last 10 years the last 10 calendar years, Alexander Volkanovsky, arguably, you know, the first or second best pound for pound fighter in the world, Dustin Poirier. That's the whole list. Like he, he I, Max Holloway beats everybody. So I, I, it's not, there's no shame in losing that fight for, for uh, Arnold Allen. I think he just couldn't deal with the striking of Max Holloway. Evloev doesn't have that to his game. Evloev's a, a, a subpar striker, but he is an elite elite wrestler the question is how how long can he hold him down and how many times can he take him down without getting clipped with something i am I, i'm lean i again this feels like a very coin flippish type fight like kind of how you said about um the the bueno silva pennington fight like you feel like it should be a pick em and you're you, you're gonna prefer the dog i'm the same way i i i, I would have made arnold allen maybe like plus 
115. Like I would have made him a very short dog. But when you're getting like plus 160, there, there's plus 180s on the board. I, it, that's the only way I'm going to look here. So uh, I, I think this is a very competitive fight, but I see I see a lot of ways that this that your bet wins. And if your bet wins, I'm almost certain that my bet wins. So uh, I, I like your play. It's a, a huge price, uh, and it's something that I think the books look at Evloev and go, okay, he's the favorite. He wins every fight by decision. Probably the most bet. The, the biggest bet on this fight is going to be like the most popular bet is going to be Evloev by decision. Okay. I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to fade that. And I think we're getting value when we look the other way here. So I like, I like Arnold Allen here. Uh, and I, I like your, uh, I like your play on, on uh, not to go to decision. That's a, uh, that is a huge payout. Uh, so it's a, a very strong play. All right. That's going to do it guys for the UFC 297 podcast here we'll be back before ufc 298 and you heard sleepy mention it the the ufc cards now over the next you know three months are phenomenal and ufc 298 alexander volkanovsky Ilya taporia uh jeff neal uh ian gary uh marab davalashvili and henry cejudo i mean there's there's some bangers on these cards, Amanda Lamosh and Mackenzie Dern are on the card now. So I, I, it, I mean, it's going to be a phenomenal card. Uh, and that will be the next time you hear from us. That will be in mid February. Uh, so we'll be, we'll be on as usual on the Thursday before the event sleepy, always good, my man. I appreciate your time and, uh, looking forward to this, this card. Good luck with your bets. And we'll talk before UFC 298. 